Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep history alive at the community level. I'm Tara Barrett, ICH researcher with Heritage NL. On today's episode of the podcast, we talk with Rex Passion. Rex apprenticed as a cabinet maker and carpenter in California and Boston in the 1970s. In 2006, he sold his construction company and architecture firm Classic Restorations and subsequently moved to Torbay. His vocation of restoring old houses became his avocation, heritage preservation. He currently sits on the Landfall Trust Board of Directors and recently taught a wooden window repair and restoration workshop with Heritage NL. Hi, Rex, and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Uh, So just to start off, can you give us a little bit of background on uh, your own history as a carpenter or uh, cabinet maker? I know you, uh, you know, you came to Newfoundland with some of those, your own kind of company and your own background. So can you explain a little bit about that? Well, uh, this spring will be 50 years when I uh, took a job in Santa Cruz, California, as an apprentice cabinet maker and uh, learned to learn to trade out there and uh, worked in several shops making mostly kitchen cabinets, but occasionally we get a bar job, which was always very interesting. So it was shop work. I was at a bench the the whole time and um, moved uh, moved to Boston in uh, 1977 and set up a shop here and did cabinet work for a few years and uh, basically working alone. And at one point around, uh, around, the early 80s, I decided I'd rather make money than make cabinets. So uh, I started working as a carpenter. And uh, this was in Boston in the, uh, in the early 80s. And there was a lot of change going on. People had, um, first of all, condominiums were just coming online right then. And uh, people were taking old buildings in in the south end of Boston, in, in, in uh, the south end, and renovating them into condominiums. And in so doing, they'd have to put a whole, a whole unit on each floor with kitchens and bathrooms and everything. And these were oftentimes just sleeping bedroom floors of a single family home. So they'd rip everything out, take it to the dump, and uh, replace it all with contemporary clamshell molding and plain doors in the cheapest way they could. But in the early 80s, that began to change. Mid 80s, that began to change and people started to um, appreciate old houses and, uh, and the, the, the nice woodwork that they had and the wonderful staircases and the fireplaces and everything. So they would, other people would go to junkyards where they bought all the, Stuff they took out of the buildings and buy it and put it back in other buildings. And so that became um, very popular and the build, buildings began to have a lot more value. I was fortunate to uh, get a job, uh, a freelance job working on a house in a place called Louisburg Square on Beacon Hill in Boston, which is one of, it was at the time and still is one of the most expensive neighborhoods. I was working for the the owner of the Boston Celtics at the time. And that was my first uh, experience in, in historic restoration. They would want a door put in and I would put in a door that looked exactly like a door that was built in the 1840s. 
So that was uh, that got me hooked on on uh, historic restoration and preservation. And a year or two after that, uh, a friend of mine and I formed a company called Classic Restorations, and uh, we got jobs doing. Uh, first of all, doing restoration and repairs of old buildings that then people wanted to renovate. And it was just about that time, the 90s, that the, the dot-commers came to Boston. And they started companies, had plenty of money, um, education and taste, and uh, they wanted old houses. And at that time, a lot of the old houses in Boston had been, old, had been owned by the same people for generations and generations and the kids didn't want to live there anymore so grandma and grandpa were getting up into their 80s and they stopped maintaining the houses 10 years before and so then they sold them and so they would sell them at a at the very low point in their maintenance cycle and the clients would hire us and the first thing we had to do is we had to restore the houses to the perfect uh, condition that they were you know in the 1880s or the 1860s or whenever they were built, and then go through and renovate the interiors uh, with brand new kitchens and brand new bathrooms, but uh, they wanted the restoration of all the other rooms. So it was a lot of, lot of very good exterior restoration work, interior restoration work, and uh, I loved it, and uh, they loved it, and the company went on for about 25 years, and I sold it in in 2008 and uh we had bought a house in newfoundland in 2003 my wife my wife's an artist and uh so we were coming up here on a part-time basis for a number of years and uh we just sold sold our house in cambridge here in 2019 and here full-time and couldn't be happier and what brought you to newfoundland like how did you end up in the province well, Carol's an artist, and she did an art residency in Pooch Cove with Jim Baird. And uh, in the that was in the winter of 2003, 2002. And I came up to visit, and Jim Baird's place in Pooch is right on the water. And there was a big plate glass window overlooking the harbor. And there was a huge storm with gigantic waves and ice and snow and wind. And we fell in love with it. And uh, so Jim suggested to the artist that they buy property up here. And uh, I still had the businesses with making good money. So we went to look for a piece of property and we ended up living uh, right on Torbay Bight. Right. In fact, I'm looking out the window at Carol's studio, which is literally 10 feet from the water. And so it's the most wonderful place we've ever lived here in, in, uh, in Torbay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And can you explain a little bit, I guess, when you uh, came to Newfoundland, Newfoundland, how you got involved in the heritage community here? Well, I haven't been involved in it. I've been doing small jobs up here. Um, I've, doing restoration of pe people's house uh, houses a kitchen here and some rot repair there did some window restoration but i really hadn't gotten involved in the heritage community until i was invited to the board of landfall trust 
Kent Cottage in Brigus. And uh, Kent Cottage is uh, a wonderful, wonderful tiny little building on a, on a hillside down a bad road overlooking the harbor in uh, Brigus. And Heritage NL in their publications say that it was built in 1786, which would make it the oldest house in Newfoundland by 20 years. Now that nobody's really sure of that date, but it's really very old. And uh, it's uh, completely off the grid. Although it's plumbed and wired, it's, uh, it's uh, not been terribly disturbed since a renovation that we estimated 1830s. So it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful house. It's the first uh, real restoration project I've been in charge of for since, uh, since I left the company. It's got a long, a long history. And one of the histories of it is that artists started living there over a hundred years ago with Rockwell Kent in uh, 1914. And so it's artists that have uh, maintained the building and kept it from basically turning to a ruin. And so now we do art residencies there and writers uh, residencies and music residencies between uh, June and October. And can you explain a little bit, you said that was kind of the first uh, restoration job you've had here. Can you explain a little bit some of the work that you've done at Kent Cottage? Well, the, the, uh, the house was um, owned by a fellow named Jake Belinsby for 50 some years. And uh, he took, and toward the end, the, the, there wasn't a lot of maintenance done on the building. He covered it with cedar shingles and he put on a new roof in 1981. But the windows hadn't been painted and uh, it was on the low end of its cycle. So we started doing some painting and started doing some window restoration. And as it turned out, um, the roof is 40 years old and it's just on its last legs. So the project that I've got right now is to put a new roof on it uh, in, the, in the spring. It's gonna be a wood cedar roof. Uh, Heritage NL is, uh, has generously given us a grant to help us with the, the roof replacement. And so that's gonna start in May. We're gonna do roof, uh, roofing shingle replacement on it with white cedar shingles. And uh, the problem with Kent Cottage is you can't drive a truck to it. Is uh, you can drive within about 50 meters or so, but the last 50 meters is too narrow. It's basically a cart path. Contractor would touch this thing because um, you've got to basically haul everything in and out of a quad. So we couldn't get uh, we couldn't get a bid that was reasonable. So we made the decision that we were going to do it ourselves. So we've, uh, we, uh, we're going to be looking for volunteers. I'm going to be doing a lot of the work. I got a, some carpenter friends in the restoration world that I think can, I can get to volunteer and we'll volunteer, get some volunteers to help us put the roof on. I'll do a couple of workshops to show people how to do wood shingle roofs, but that's the, that's the big deal then. Once we get that completed, which will be partially in May and then the other part in October, 
then next year, 2023, uh, we're going to do the windows. So it's just a matter. So most of the windows in there, on the, all of the windows on the first floor are no older than probably uh, 1930s or so. But the windows on the second floor are 18, 1830s. But there are some sash that were replaced that are in the barn that are contemporary with the second floor windows. So I want to replace some of the newer windows with the older windows and then restore the, the old windows in it. And can you walk us through a little bit? I know actually one of the workshops, Heritage NL has been running some workshops, especially over the summer and the fall of 2021. And I know one of the workshops that was run was a, a wooden window repair workshop. Yeah. Um, and so can you talk us a little bit about how you go about repairing or restoring a wooden window? Well, the first, uh, the workshop that I did in the, in the, the summer was basically how to reglaze the windows, how to take the glass out, put the glass back in, and then uh, put the proper putty. The problem, and I've talked to several people who had old wood windows and somebody throws a baseball through it, or uh, you know, some other happenstance happens and they break a glass pane, nobody in the city knows how to reglaze it. So they all say, well, take it out and put a, put a plastic window in. So that was the first thing that we taught is how to remove the old hard glazing without breaking the glass and then how to put uh, new glazing in, replace the glass and, and, uh, and repair the window that way. We also taught a little bit about uh, some wood, wood replacement, epoxy, uh, consolidation and filling and uh, what they call Dutch patching, which is making a wooden patch to replace damaged wood. That's the, that's basically, that's window workshop number one. Uh, the follow-up workshop is going to be how to replace uh, broken pieces of, or rotten pieces of wood which is gonna be how to, how to attach new wood to the old wood that's sound and how to make the profiles and everything look the same as the old window and uh, how to put it all back together. And the third one will be how to make a, a wood window from scratch. And that's the one that I'm, in order to teach that, I have to learn how to do it. And that's my winter project is to learn how to make a, a, a wood sash window that uh, mostly it's going to be a combination of handwork and, and uh, table saw work. But in the exterior, you can't tell the difference between an 1830s window and a, the windows that I'm doing right now. I'm really glad to hear you talk about kind of... Um using the window that's there. And if there's rot there, just removing the rot and replacing that piece of wood there, because oftentimes, uh, especially with heritage buildings, we see people just figure that, you know, the wood, if there's any sort of rot, take it all out and replace it with vinyl or, or replace it all. Um, and even just like a wooden door, if there's a, if there's a small amount of rot, it's not, you don't necessarily need to replace the full door. So it's really good to hear you talk about um, kind of, small restoration that can be done as opposed to redoing the whole the whole window or the whole door um yeah it, it just uh 
you can reuse and recycle the wood that's there. And oftentimes it's, you know, some of it is in better condition than you might think, even if there's a small bit of rot. So I'm glad to hear you talk about that. Now, the real, the real problem in this province right now is there's not, there's very few people that know how to do this. And so um, one of the great joys that I'm getting through my association with Heritage NL is that I've got 37 years of experience of doing this. And uh, I've never really had an opportunity to pass those skills along. So now I'm um, doing workshops with Heritage NL and I'm also working with the uh, Office for the Advancement of Women Apprentices to, uh, to try and teach some of these skills that uh, have to do with rot repair on exterior foundations and uh, doors and windows and stuff like you just mentioned. If you look at old doors in Newfoundland houses, they're full of patches. You know, people knew how to do the woodwork back in those days, but it's become a lost trade. Um, there's, you know, there's a few people out in Trinity and Bonavista who, who will make a new window, will make a new door. Uh, not a lot in St. John's, it turns out. And uh, they're very expensive, but it's not, it's not a real difficult thing to do. It's something that any carpenter could have done 50 years ago, but uh, it's gotten out of, out of favor. You're, you're right, people. It's so much easier to just rip it out and replace it with something new. And I guess uh, wooden uh, window repair and uh, I guess wooden work is kind of one of the things that's on our craft at risk list. And one of the things that we're watching, because like you said, Although there are people who can do that work, there are few people and we wanna make sure that those skills are transmitted so that uh, more people know how to do the skill and um, it, whether it's people who are wanna do it kind of commercially and, and um, sell those uh, items, those wooden windows or wooden doors or actually do the restoration work, I should say, um, or it's people who wanna just do that restoration work on their own home. It's good to you know make sure that those skills continue. So. Um, doing workshops and around this uh, work is kind of all about what we're about right now. So uh, it's great to have, have uh, people like yourself and other people who are able to kind of lead these workshops and pass those skills along. Um, one thing I wanted to mention quickly uh, when you were talking about kind of the route to Kent Cottage was um, just touch on maybe a little bit the rock, the stone wall workshop that was there in oh, the yeah. fall. So the dry stone wall workshop um, because even just bringing the materials in, it was, it was difficult and it was, uh, you know, like you said, it was by quad, but it was such a beautiful space to work. Um, I don't know if you want to add a little bit about that workshop, but that was, it was like Kent Cottage was a beautiful space to be able to come down and actually do that dry stone wall workshop. It was great. That's a, Kent, Kent Cottage is just a gorgeous, gorgeous place to, uh, to work. I, I did a, a practice, a window workshop up there and it's hard to, at times to concentrate on the work because the view is so beautiful. Um, I didn't attend the, the Stonewall workshop, but I can tell you that the wall that they repaired um, was uh, a wall that had been taken down for some reason, I don't know why, but it, the, the wall was taken apart and the rocks thrown over the, the other side of the road here probably in the, in the late 1990s or maybe early 2000s. And so they put that back and 
one of the one of the criteria that we had when we had the business is the greatest compliment we could get from a client or somebody that looked at our work would they say well what what did you do here you know because you want to be seamless in uh, in preservation work uh you want to put something back so that people can't really tell that you did the work and so that was our standard and that's what they ended up with the, the stone wall workshop uh you can you could tell the only way you could tell that the new work was done was that the the, the air, some of the areas of the rocks were not weathered but in two years you're not going to be able to tell that that wall had ever been taken down and rebuilt and uh and that's the uh that that's that's the criteria that we're trying to, to keep to in any of the work that we do. And I'll just mention briefly that that was Ken Tuek who had led that workshop. And if you want to learn more about that, we did a podcast with Ken. Um, actually, we did the recording out at Ken Cottage. So uh, you can go back and listen to that episode if you'd like anybody who's listening. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, my understanding, I, I just talked with uh, one of the board members and um, there's some uh, some up there's some further upcoming stonework that we want to do, and quite possibly Kim can be involved in that. So there may be other workshops coming up with that. Yeah, and I guess if anybody is listening and they are interested in uh, some of these kind of heritage workshops, these heritage skills, um, Heritage NL has our event page or our sorry our event bright page, which has all of the information, things have kind of slowed down now with this current level of COVID, but we're hoping that in the summer uh, in particular and in the fall when things are, uh, the weather's a bit better for kind of outdoors uh, workshops, we'll definitely be doing some over the summer and fall again. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned for those. Um, I'm kind of coming up on the, the, the end of my questions. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add um, about your experience here in Newfoundland, Labrador, or uh, your own work before you came to the province? Well, I want to talk a little bit, if I can, about um, about workshops too. One of the things that I'm finding is that um, I'll be asked to to do something in a friend's house, or or my real estate agent's got a house down on Gower Street, and. Um, I'm going to, where, where they aren't really workshops, I'm going to offer opportunities for people to come and just kind of uh, either watch me do the work or uh, go through the planning stages and the evaluation stages. There's an awful lot to, uh, to looking at uh, a house in a certain condition and decide what's, what needs to be done and what doesn't. So that's an opportunity too. Um, I just, I'm, I want to, I want to reiterate how, uh, how fortunate I am to be involved with Heritage NL. And uh, the fact that uh, they are actively seeking to increase the, the skill level of carpenters and other trades here in Newfoundland, um, I'm very fortunate to be involved in that. And I think uh, Heritage Janelle is, is lucky to have people like yourself who are interested and willing to be involved and share those skills because uh, that, that transmission is is what we need. So we're we're delighted to have you as well. We don't want to lose those skills again. No, definitely not. And I was just wondering if you wanted to touch a little bit. Um, I was reading over my emails and I, I came across the, the newsletters that you had sent. I was wondering, I know 
there's a couple of articles that you had in there from kind of your own uh, findings at Kent Cottage. So I was just wondering if you want to touch a little bit about if anybody was interested in kind of the work that's going on at Kent Cottage, uh, how they could stay kind of informed. Well, anybody that's interested in getting the uh, the uh, newsletter from uh, Landfall Trust, if uh, they could give you their email and you transfer it to me, then I'd be happy to put them on the mailing list. The the uh, Landfall webpage is going to be covering uh, the work ongoing work with the roof, and that is landfalltrustnl.org. Okay, so anybody that Anybody, you can always get the contact information. They can get the contact information by contacting you. But uh, a lot of the the stuff I've been writing in the in the um, in the newsletter is just my discoveries and poking around, mostly in the attic. Now, it's uh, it's what I call forensic carpentry. You know, how was this board built? How is this board cut? How are these things put together? How is it different here from over there? The uh, Camp Cottage was originally built as a single story uh, building uh, with what they call full studding, which is basically half logs in an upright position right next to each other, which is like a, a fortress or so. And those, those things are still there. They were cut with a pit saw um, and uh, there's old rafters in there from when it was before, this is probably before 1830, uh, when it was first built and renovated in 1830 and it was made larger. So I'm just going through the steps, trying to imagine myself as, as a carpenter up there in, uh, in 1786 or 1800 or 1802 with uh, an ax and a, couple of buddies and axe and a pit saw gone up there and cut the trees next to it and put them together and made a cottage out of it. So I'm up there a lot poking around, crawling around, looking for clues to, uh, to try and uh, figure out what the story was. You'll never know the story, but uh, you can tell a story that is uh, supported by the evidence. So that's a lot of fun. And I try to publish something in the new, in the newsletter every every quarter on that. Yeah, I know there was one on mysteries in the attic, and uh, just you know, like you said, talking about kind of those things uh, that are left behind, the uh, information that's left behind, I guess, in the wood and in the in the materials that are actually there. So it's quite an interesting read. So I guess also you mentioned the website, and if anybody is interested, I know that your newsletter also, I guess, goes up on the website. And yes, I think you guys right. have a Facebook page as well. Yes, we do. So if anybody's interested, make sure you follow Landfall Trust on Facebook or check out the website. Yeah, just um, do the Landfall Trust and you'll get there. I think that's about it for me. Did you have anything else again that you wanted to add? I know we're we're looking forward to kind of the roof restoration and, and keeping an eye on all of that. So um, I'm sure we'll be in touch, but uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to add for anybody who's listening? Well, we're gonna be doing window repair workshops two and three over the summer. So uh, keep keep in touch with Heritage NL and uh, see what see what comes up. Sounds good. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, this has been great. Thank you, dear.
You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail, and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.